Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the great city of Grand Rapids, Michigan, the best place in the world where the sunny is like 50 degrees outside, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andre's Podcast, the Crazy Dre Podcast, y'all, here Central with my good friend, Mr. Sean. A legend, folks. It's great to be here. Like I said, like Andre said, the temperature is about 50 degrees, but the sun's been shining all day. It's going to be a good weekend just in general for beautiful weather. 58 tomorrow and 60 some for Sunday when if we do not play nine holes, we will at least be hitting balls out there. Hitting balls, balls. Guess what, folks? Guess what, folks? We are actually we are actually going to the Tigers game. Against Boston, Boston Red Sox, and the Tigers are not doing so hot. No. They had a three and zero lead uh, Thursday. Yeah, then they lost six to three. So it was six straight runs scored for Boston to win, and especially after they took two out of three against Houston. You would have thought, okay, opening day, but I guess Chris Sale came in there, and oh, Chris Sale might have got the no decision. I don't remember, but. At the same time, well, they both pitched. Well, they both players, the starting pitchers, pitched pretty well until he gave up the three runs, and then the bullpen came in and gave up the other three runs. So that's not good. But you know what? I'm a baseball fan. I got to go to Comerica Park. I got a Red Sox hat. I'm not going to wear it there. I know I'm not going to be a traitor. I wear my baseball hats. Which Tigers hat are you going to put on since you own four of them? I'm going to wear the orange one. Yeah, I love that orange one. I know you do. Oh, yeah, yeah Chris Sell actually did get the win. So that yeah. means he must have made it into the sixth or through the sixth inning. And that was when Boston put up four runs to uh, officially bend them over and uh, kill them. So. Yeah. So so let's talk. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about baseball for a second. Since we're already there. So we'll, all right, let's go. So Tigers aren't playing today. So they're not. We're going tomorrow, like we said. So we're going to talk about, I think we should talk about Saturday games because we're not going to air, people are not going to hear. Yeah, we don't care about Thursday's games. Or Or today's games. Yeah, because it's not going to air on time. I mean, we should have done this maybe Friday or I mean, today's Friday, Friday, Thursday last night, but everyone's busy. Sean finally is working at Anna's house. Yep. And the Whitecaps. And the Whitecaps. Starts next week, but Anna's house is really good. The food's amazing. We actually, like, I think I told you in the last podcast before, we had the white, seven Whitecaps players come in this week, and they ate there. But good people, good restaurant, great food. Ate a lot. I take advantage of getting free food when I'm there. And ironically, when they heard that I was going to work for the Whitecaps, my boss goes, I want to go be the bartender there. And what did I tell you? Which you said you wanted to still do it. If you only work four days, and you know my, me, say Sean Rosema, or even if you don't know me, and just say it, I'll meet you somewhere and I'll give you the, f- the referral bonus of $25 a piece because I get a $50 bonus for a referral. Oh, nice. See? So might I, might, I might have to do that. Maybe I'll be. That's a, only four games out of 42. Maybe I'll be an, an usher and participate in showing people where their seats are and uh, making sure that kids don't get lost. And, and you get, free ba- get to watch free baseball. Free baseball. Why not? It's a. The Whitecaps are basically our single-A baseball team. High single-A baseball team, actually. And it's their 30th year this year. So Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. That's great. That's great. So let's talk about the first game I want to talk. I think we're going to try to briefly go by all these games. For Saturday, 2 o'clock, 
and in Minnesota, it is uh no, I'm sorry, at yeah, it's in Minnesota. Houston versus Minnesota. And it's the top one. Minnesota is four and two and Houston is three and four. Those two losses that Houston took were basically because Detroit pulled something out of their rear end or played real well or they did something real fantastic. And Jose Tume is still not back, but but I tell you this. It's Garcia versus Ryan, and Ryan had a good game, but boy, did he suck last year. His ERA was not very good last year. He has a 1.5 ERA right now, but that's only one game. Well, I don't know. I mean, Garcia got rocked in that first game he pitched. as a 5-point ER, ERA. Mm-hmm. This game's a hit or miss. I don't know. It's probably going to be the money line's not even going to be that high. It's Minnesota minus 115, so they're saying that this game is pretty much a wash. Well, I mean, they do have the matchup to be 50% to 49%. Take your pick. They have uh, Houston at 49% and Minnesota that half percent up. Flip a coin. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would know what I would do if I was going to bet this game. I wouldn't bet the winner or loser. I'd bet the over-under. That's a good call. So that's what I would do with that game in itself. Next game we're going to talk about is... There's the Phillies-Reds, but, I mean, hardly anybody cares because the Phillies are absolute garbage, and they still don't have Bryce Harper back, but it is Lovato, 1-0. He's actually a real good pitcher for the Reds, but if you think about it, the Phillies still have a better lineup, so you would think Phillies would win, but at the same time, I don't know if I would touch that game. So with the so Phillies are at home. They're one and five. They'll be two and five after the day. So they might be two and five. I don't know. They're tied right now, right? No, they're actually up two one. Two one. And then you got Cincinnati Reds. Now, Cincinnati Reds is they're just one of those teams that are mediocre good. They're they, they're they they're three and two. If they lose today, they'll be three and three. And they're doing it without Votto. They're doing it without Votto. Yeah. Yeah, but I still, I mean, I'm a firm believer that baseball is a team sport, and you can't live and die by one player. Like, I, I just don't think that's really fair to compare. They got a really good young team, and this team could be, I mean, right now they're better than the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't Cubs. say much, though. So, let's grab. Next game, Giants-Royals, who cares? Who? The Giants should dominate the Royals. Yeah, the Royals, jeez, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. One and six. One and six, man. They're not looking good at all. They, the ESPN has the, the, the Giants sixty to seven percent, thirty two percent for the Royals. Uh, there's a maybe. Singer is one and all. He is, wow, geez, this is crazy. Kansas City's pitcher one one point eight average. ERA, five innings pitch, two hits, three strikeouts, three walks, no home runs. And then Mr. Mani for the Giants has an ERA at 13.50. And this is so deceiving, though. It's the first, it's the second game he's pitched. So, I mean, and they're at home. So I, I don't see how the Giants will lose this game. I. I think they'll probably maybe have a slow start. I don't know. I can't tell you. Then we got the Rangers-Cubs, probably a toss-up game. Um, the Cubs are actually winning right now. Um, it's Jordan Steele. He got a 
no decision, I think, yeah, in the first game. And then you got Perez, which is second their second best pitcher. I w- he was their ace last year. But DeGrom is there now, so probably I technically DeGrom would upper-class him, but Perez is a good pitcher. So so Perez has got seven strikeouts already, and, and, and then he walked only three. His ERA right now is 1.59. I mean, it's really deceptive to be 1.59 in your first or second start. So, again, ESPN and their partnership with, I think their partnership with uh, 54% take the Cubs, 45% takes the Texas. I mean, Texas has a better pitcher to that day. But, I mean, if you look at the lineups, probably the Cubs. But the Cubs are not playing well. I don't know what's wrong with them. They're 500 right now. But we'll They don't have happens. good pitching. I, I think that the Cubs are loaded at bats. But their pitching is, you know, helter-skelter. I mean. Hit or miss. Yeah. They can go out there and. Yeah. Marcus yeah. Stroman can throw a complete game. Or Steele can throw a complete game. Or they just can suck. Yeah. Now we're on to the game that we're going to tomorrow. Boston. That and sucks. the Tigers. And two and five Detroit. They're zero and one at home. And obviously Boston Red Sox are three and four and one and oh on, on the road. Uh Detroit's got Mr. Joy Wentz. Mr. Joy Wentz is zero and one. ERA five point zero six. Five innings for five point one innings pitch. So that means he struck out, got someone out in the fifth inning. Didn't complete that fifth inning. Four hits, three strikeouts, one walk, and one home run given. However, Mr. Ooh. is 1-0 with a 5.4 ERA. 5-0 innings pitch, hits five, strikeouts five, walks one, giving up two home runs. So here's the weird thing about this game is the Tigers are going to win one game in this series. Is it going to be tomorrow or is it going to be Sunday? Boston's probably going to take two out of three, but... I couldn't tell you which one is going to be the one that the Tigers win. Hoke is a better pitcher. Boston has a better lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Boston. The yeah. Tigers are the Tigers, and they like to just screw everybody over. So well, I think one I thing about on this game. Well, I think one thing is this: they got scope when they signed them a big contract last year, or the year before, or the off season a year before. He was supposed to be the standout player with a who came from a different team i think he came from kansas city or something and then he gets a contract and he doesn't show up at all last year and then we have green our center fitter probably our best player right now i wouldn't compare to cabrera to anything cabrera could be a bench warmer as far as i'm concerned Put him on the DH. You really love him. I know, I know I, you want to get there so early for those two free shirts tomorrow with Mel Cabrera. You wanted to leave at like 7 a.m. So we're hey, standing in line for three hours or four hey, hours or five hours. Hey, I really want, you know what I really want to do? I want to uh, uh, give Cabrera a ticket back to Venezuela. Shake his hand. Wow. Say, Thank you for your service. Uh, I don't think the Chargers are going to sign you as a batting coach or anything, but. Who knows? Maybe Florida Maryland's will pick you up again because the good old days in 2003 World Series champions. At least, at least he won one. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Look give how many times Mark McGuire got signed by somebody, though. I mean, he's been with the 
Cardinals yeah. and the Dodgers and now the D-backs. Yeah, and if yeah. Matt Williams can get hit hired as a, a hitting coach or a third-base coach, oh, I think Miguel Cabrera can be somewhere. Actually, I think Miguel Cabrera is a lot better batting. He has a better stance, got better batting. Uh, uh, than who? Four play, uh, uh, he's got a better swing than Mark McGuire. And Matt Williams, he just does. He Maybe Matt Williams, but I don't know no, about Mark no, McGuire. No, Mark McGuire <laughs> is a, on, no, Mark McGuire's a home run hitter. He doesn't have a great swing. He's a guy that you want in there to hit home runs on steroids. Take the guy <laughs> off steroids, he might only get 500 home runs. Look, all the At BS. Least he didn't cheat as much as Barry Bonds did. Yeah, well, they all did. They both did. I mean, look, look, I know I give Cabrera a lot of crap. But at least he didn't do steroids. I mean, he might have done a little booger sugar cocaine here and there, but at least he didn't take steroids. But anyway, we all know the Tigers are going to lose. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, so we got to go to the Texans. Do I we mean, Cleveland game? Cleveland's at, hey, I'm telling you. No, wait. Cleveland's five and two. No, and they're winning right now, so they could be six and two. Yeah. So, but so in Seattle, I don't know what's wrong with them. They were projected to be a playoff team in there. They lose today. They're going to be two and six. They lose tomorrow. They'll be two and seven. So they're on the shit the bed. Um, wipe your ass with toilet paper, basically. Wipe your ass with toilet paper. Saturday, the both pitchers got the no decision, and they both have a shitty ERA of uh, over seven. So. Over seven. So whatever you do, take, <laughs> take the, the over. over. Yep, take the over. So anyway. That game could be really deceptive. Now though. we are on the White Sox versus the Pirates, and the uh, White Sox are struggling this year. You know, if they win today, they're 4-4 four and four, or when, on Friday when they um, Pittsburgh is really good this year, and they're four and two right now. And this is one and zero. Mike Clevenger, which used to be with the San Diego Padres and the Cleveland Indians, or aka the Guardians, and his ERA is one point two. While he plays against the dog shit Valquez, zero and one, five point seven nine. But Pittsburgh is a young team and a wonderful team. And while we're here with the Pittsburgh Pirates, I'm going to give a shout out to Brian Reynolds. He is leading the home runs right now at four home runs on the season. And then we got a shit show of 12 players tied with three home runs. But Brian Reynolds, congratulations, having four home runs in six games. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, he's got, yeah, exactly. He's got, he's batting 417. He's got seven RBIs. Uh, the batting average for that team is, for Reynolds, is 417. He's got the highest runs batted in is Reynolds again. Oh, that so, is true. He does have the highest r- runs batted in. Yeah, and he's batting 417. It'd be a miracle if he can stay up to be 400 for even another five games. I just, I mean, the last person that got over 400 or four or six was the great Ted Williams. So we'll probably never see that ever again. But this is kind of cool. Pittsburgh, a little, a, a, a team that shares the same colors as the rest of the other professional teams in in Pittsburgh. We got the we got the Penguins and we got the Steelers. All they the all wear the same colors. That is true. And so that's kinda cool. That game technically they got the Sox favored, but that's a tough one on the road. Who knows what's gonna happen. Well here here on ESPN, they've got Pittsburgh winning fifty percent point two and the White Sox forty nine point eight percent. Now 
I'm kind of astonished by the White Sox. They're struggling. But they're three and four. Two well, and two. They win today, they'd be four and four. Yeah, they're not that bad. I mean, Pittsburgh is four and two. It's oh, not White Sox are losing now two to one. But Ooh. this is gonna be aired tomorrow. Yeah, so so then we'll go to um I guess we have to talk about the good old Mets. We, we'll talk about the Mets. The Mets. Oh, the Mets and the Marlins, yeah. They're yeah. four and four, and they're going up against the Marlins again tomorrow. Three and five, zero and one away from Marlins. We got the Mets, one zero on the road, four and four. Let's said his name is Kay Sanga, and he's a rookie pitcher, and he pitched really well. You know, five, he got the win, and he was, only gave up 1.69 runs. So Rodgers can be a good pitcher, but I'm assuming the Mets are going to win that one. Um, Yankees O's again. Would you go away say, let's go back to Mets? Do you want to go one and three, or do you think they're going to win by more than three? I would go over three. I'd runs. go to the three to f- more. I'd go over more. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't stick to that one and three. That's not a good game to go one and three. So, but I would, I don't know. I wouldn't even go over under on that game either because it could be a really draggy game and it could be like four to one. And let's say the over under is seven runs. I just wouldn't touch that game. Then let's go to the Tampa Bay Rays. Six and zero. How are they still six and zero? They, they, it's a team that just keeps kind of keeps, keeps on pushing, keeps on pulling. They are very good at keeping things together against the Oakland Athletics, who are two and four. Again, ESPN has a 78% chance that the Tampa Bay is going to win. A's 24.1. Uh, let's see here. Springs, Jeffrey Springs has got a zero ERA, six strikeouts, five, no zero, zero hits, 12 strikeouts, one walk, zero home runs. Then you got Mr. Shintaro. I don't know much about this guy, but he's got. Which the, game are you talking about right now? The the Tampa Bay Rays and Oakland A's. Oh, I mean, this is. Just, I mean, dude, the Rays are going to be seven and zero. That's all that matters. Dude, look at this. How do they figure this guy's ERA to be thirty point eight six? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. You're just I mean, assuming it's not would, possible. Why would you even do that to the poor guy? He's already suffering. Why would you make the number that's so outrageous that no one can actually? Function with that. So then there's the Yankees O's. I mean, the Yankees are favored because Cortez is going up against Cole Irvin. And and like you said, sometimes I don't know how they get these ERAs because they must just base it on the innings. Because, for example, Baltimore's got a 13.5 ERA, which he didn't give really truly give up that many runs, mm-hmm. but it was in four innings. He must be doing an inning average or something. Mm-hmm. While Cortez is uh, one point, so the Yankees will probably win tomorrow mm-hmm. or today. Mm-hmm. Okay, folks. or tomorrow, yeah, because yeah, we're talking tomorrow. about tomorrow. So, so Yankees yeah. tomorrow, Cardinals, Brewers. Man, this Cardinals team is dog shit, dude. You know, two and four, two and five, depending on what happens. Yeah, yeah you know, just, yeah, the Brewers are on fire. You know. Jim Bruce scored like 10 runs a couple nights ago. 10-0 Mets, 9-0 Mets, 19-0 over them. That was insane. It was and the way the Brewers are playing, I'd probably take the Brewers. 
Dodgers Diamondbacks. Uh, uh, that's always a toss up. But Noah signed the guards pitching against Davies. Both of them got a no decision, but great ERAs of 1.5 and 1.8. But yeah. obviously, we all know that the Dodgers are stacked with an amazing lineup. So I would, you know, what I would do with that game? I would, under? I wouldn't go one and three. Actually, no, I wouldn't go one and Take three. the under? Like six and a half or seven runs, probably? Yeah. But I would not, I would not, I just couldn't see the Dodgers only giving up, I mean, or only scoring three runs. It'd be one of those moments where it could be four zero or it could be five two. Yeah, it'd be one of those weird scores that you just kinda have to stay away with. Did we talk about the Padres and the Braves? No, that's gonna be That's that's a game that you want to stay with away from Morton versus Mocha. (laughs) And so Morton's got a one oh record but giving up five runs already and then Waka Waka Waka. Used to be the Boston Red Sox pitcher. So he's one and all, but he's got six point zero ERA. ERAs are crazy these days. They're so high. And then I mean I would take the Dodgers most likely. Or I would take Yeah. I mean the Dodgers money line is minus one fifty, so it's not that bad. But the Nationals Rockies, the Rockies are at home. Um actually I took the Rockies the other day. I know. I did two and one one zero, right? Yeah. It was great. I would probably take the Rockies again because the Nationals suck and they blow every game. And then the last night, the last game of the night, you have the Angels versus the Toronto Blue Jays. And this is just a – it's crazy that they're, 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 they're so high on the Angels because Bieros had such a shitty game. But Toronto actually has a better lineup. So I don't know if I would touch this one. Look, look, I, I don't get this. You got – Toronto's four and three, and then they're four and three away and at home. Whatever. Los Angeles Angels are four and two and zero zero at home. So this is the first game at home. But what gets me is like, yeah, it's crazy how how they have the Angels sixty four percent and thirty five Toronto. So I I don't really get, and they have a over under nine runs. So. Do I think, you know, that says something. That probably says that they believe that both teams can hit, but both teams have some form of weak pitching or weak bullpen or something. So that's baseball, basically. I mean, there's – let's touch on the PGA real fast here. Hey, let's talk about the Masters. The Mm. Masters. So we have major surprises. We have look. I'm too surprised. I have a, I'm a little bit surprised that Brooke Kofka is 12 under, and then this amateur Sam Bennett is eight under. That is the most surprising thing of all things in the storyline. So he's only four back. He's only four back. He's an amateur, and he he, f- he finished today. So yeah, he's done. But there's rainstorms right now, and Rom is on the. On the tenth hole, so Rom could actually be ahead today. Uh, we're not. I'm going to guess he's going to get maybe one more birdie. So we're going to say Kepka has the lead going into day three um, by one or two strokes. He it could, or it could be tied. It could be tied. Yeah, it could be tied. It could. But I really I like. So who are you taking as your favorite? You going to go with Rom? I'm going with Rom because I think he's going to get. This is going to sound strange, 
it's going to sound real strange. He's going to get a home court advantage because he's still part of the PGA. Kopka is part of the live golf. So if it's between those two at the final two guys on Sunday and Kopka or, or uh, Ram are both tied or over under each other, one guy, one better stroke than the other. I think people are going to pull for Rom. I really do. I don't think people really like the idea of these guys playing for live golf. Again, people my age and younger are no problem with this live golf stuff. People older than 55 have a lot of issues with it. I mean, look, let's talk about the fact that Phil Milkerson is another live golf guy. He's a four under, and this guy gave PGA all types of shit. But they can't keep him off the the majors, so he's going to be at all the majors. And then you got Victor Hofner, the guy from Finland. I really like this kid. He's a six under. He's quite young. He sometimes melts under pressure or in the second round. I think he only shot, I think he was plus one in, on on Friday. So obviously he's he could be a star. He just has to put everything together. There's some holes there. He just falls apart and then he comes back at the end of the tournament or the end of the round and saves himself. But he's one of my favorites. Uh, Scott, Scotty Scheffler, the defending champion. He's at one under. I don't know what's really going on. I think he's not missing. I think he's missing a lot of greens. Uh, Justin Johnson, another left golf. He's at one under. Not much going on with him. Uh, Cameron, the huge biggest surprise about this, though, um, as you're still going, is Roy McIlroy is not going to make the cut. And Tiger Woods might. Yeah. As of right now. And I think it's going to save Tiger Woods having a, a, uh, a weather timeout. Because at this point, if, you, if you're watching golf, you're watching Masters like I was until the game, until the match or the tournament was called off for the weather, he, he's got a real bad, obviously he's got real bad, and he's, he's starting to wobble a little bit with his knee. It's get, I, I kind of feel bad for him, and then, and then I, I really don't. So, and I'll get into that some other time. It's not really important. Sergio Garcia is at six over on Friday. Um, Cameron Smith, uh, I think he's the Players' Champion of 2022. He's actually at, I think, what is he, one over? No, six over? One over? I, he's not doing so well. I think he's at six over at a time. The last time I saw. Uh, that's it. Let's talk about a little bit about the Michigan Rukru and transfer portal. Okay, so we got the transfer portal. Caleb Love from North Carolina is averaging over 18 points around the season. So he decided to pick and go to Juwan Howard. So at least what Juwan Howard can bring in transfers because he cannot hold on to anybody because everybody wants to leave and go to a different team. So Caleb Love is a very good pickup. It will help that team. 
Um, but you, I hope your recruiting class has a center or something because I don't know. We, oh, Reed, you still got Reed. So maybe Caleb Love is going to be a big, a big thing. I like Caleb Love. Look, I think, okay, this is the problem with, uh, this is the problem with Michigan. The problem with Michigan with Dickerson was that Dickerson was too, almost a little bit too slow. Is a great down post type of player. Reminds me of a lot of the 1980s, 90s centers. So, so the thing that we got going is this, and we only got a couple more minutes left. That, that based on Juwan Howard and his pass with a Fab Five, he needs a much more of elusive team. An elusive team of that Fab Five energy, uh, pass the ball, go quick run up the ball after the team scores, uh, run through high pick and rolls real quick, uh, cut through uh, backside, uh, back passes, so on and so forth. The Michigan team that he has right now with Dickerson, now Dickerson's talking to Coach Kansas. From Calipari from Kentucky. Kentucky. I think the thing about that, though, is that Maybe they need a stationized, stationized hustle player like Dickerson to actually be the center, to grab rebounds, to make three-point shots. Look, Kentucky is playing slower than I'm used to seeing them play. I don't – this is kind of weird to say that. I remember back in the day in the early 2000s and the 90s, that team was fast. And they had the best athletic players along with Duke. Duke had a lot of white, conservative, structural ABC players where Kentucky and Kansas had players that played A, B, C, D, F, Q, Z, which really means to me, which means that they could speed things up or slow things down. And all those three teams didn't miss shots, but they didn't get a lot of rebounds. When they did have to get rebounds during the uh, March Madness, they did because they were bigger, taller, stronger. So do I think this is, it might be a good pick for, for Dickerson? It could be. Can't tell you. Could Love be a great player, asset for Michigan? It all depends on how Juwan Howard develops players. If he can develop players and he's having the same problem that Jim Harbaugh had with his quarterbacks three four years ago, Players are going to transfer out of there faster than the speed of light. So that is a huge problem. Where where Michigan State? Let's talk about Michigan State for a second. I don't know much about the port, their their transfer pool, but, but they have the number three recruiting class in the country this year. And so the fact and the fact that it seems like the Izzo is right back on track. I think they took a little steps back because of the incident that happened at. Uh, Michigan State. I think if that never happened, I do. I would probably take. I would probably would have taken Michigan State to the, the Elite Eight. That's and I don't know because all the number one teams, the March Madness, didn't make the yeah. Final Four cut. Yeah. So no one really knows. I can't tell you. Uh, UConn got really hot. UConn. I mean, I'm just surprised by that team. How fast they were and how quick they were and how many points they scored. And Hawkins that, declared for the draft today too. So yeah, and that kid Hawkinson, the center. You're talking about the center, right? No, it's the shooting guard. Okay, guard. but who's the center of that? Snoko. He, he's, Snoko. he's a great player too. Look, Snoko. When you see him a couple times, or you see him within the first five minutes of the game, 
you actually don't believe that he's gonna be athletic enough to to like be a dominant. In the but center. he comes out from the the three point line and makes a drive and does a slam dunk. Yeah, like, gets talented. Yeah, and he shoots free throws mediocre. But so he's like sixty five or seventy five percent. But it's amazing that he just looks like he's not a true basketball player. He looks like he's more like a linebacker football guy, but he's. So I know we said college basketball was the last thing, but this one last thing before, just one quick thing on the NBA, and this is why I highly dislike Kyrie Irving, and he's a joke, and he's a cancer and all of this shit. (laughs) Like, the the Mavericks are playing the Bulls tonight. The Bulls have already clinched a playoff spot. Yeah. And the game means nothing to them, so they're sitting DeRozan and Zach Levine and all that stuff. They can't move up. They're going to be a 10 seed. Yeah. The game means everything to the Mavericks. Everything. And you are going to be a mother effer and sit tonight when if you win, you're in. There's only two games left. Yeah. I don't I, know. NBA, don't even touch Kyrie Irving anymore. I mean, this is dog shit. Well, That's all I, I got to say. The best way to fix that problem is I think what's going to happen, people, is that these basketball Owners are not going to pay these guys big, you know, a big money anymore. They sit whenever they want. They don't even give a shit about the fans anymore. No, and I think, I think that might fix the problem. I think basketball players are complaining about playing 82 games and they want the rest during bad teams and bad this. But you got to remember, it is, a, it is an honor to make it to the top league of any basketball association to make it to the NBA and to be on one of the 32 NBA teams, and you decide not to play certain games. If the players, like you said for a second, and before we go off on a tangent, we have close on this, but <laughs> if the NBA players want to have the season lowered, the fans might be okay with that. Okay, we'll appreciate it. You know, Maybe you don't have to play your division four times. Maybe you only play them twice. And we knock this down to six, 60 games instead of 82, or maybe even 55. But if we do that and you mother effers end up sitting and someone buys a game, buys tickets to that game, all, I've lost. I barely watch it anyway. I barely bet on the NBA hardly anymore, hardly it, anymore. It's a but it's, it's a crapshoot. Even if they're, one team is favored by 15 points, the other team could win because you don't know who's going to sit and you got to wait five minutes before the mother effing game starts to, make a, to, to even hope that your favorite player plays. That's all I got for today. Yeah. All right, folks. I'm going to leave this at one thing. I'm going to say this. I'm going to run with what Sean was saying. I think that if they went to maybe 65 games and then they would only play majority of the games on the weekends, so you wouldn't have a game on Tuesday and Wednesday anymore. You would have the games on like Thursday Friday and Sunday, and then play maybe Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you you're taking like two or three days off every week. That would work, in my opinion. That would work. The second thing I think they should really do is actually adopt the NCAA tournament bracket thing. So all these teams, all these players are playing in this little called June Madness or whatever madness you want to call it. But this way, you take the worst teams 
if you take 32 teams, you allow 24 of them to make this bracket-type tier, and then the first two or three rounds, it's your one and done. And then when you get to the quarterfinals and uh, semifinals and the finals, then you make it a, a three to five game series, and then the finals turns into turns into a seven game series, and that in itself I think would work. But we gotta leave that there. We I gotta go. It's a beautiful day. Always good to be here, buddy. And uh, I wanted to thank my man Sean for showing up. Skeet 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 skeet. Hey, what's that? What does the fox say? Oh, what does a fox say? It's yeah. a great song. Yeah, say that. So what does it say? Ding, 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 ding. What does the fox say? Ding, 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 ding. Woo! <laughs> That's too crazy. All right. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Dre Podcast, y'all. Peace, love. Thank you, Buzzsprout, for distributing my stuff through all the, all the podcasts, all the other sources, platforms out there. Thank you, uh, Apple Podcasts. Spotify podcast for having my stuff on there. Uh, 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 the Crazy Dre podcast show. Find me at those uh, platforms. Uh, email me for questions, answers at crazydrepodcastshow.gmail.com. Peace and love. I'm out of here.